This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Fajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Alan Pajari. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. With me are the usuals, Mike Ellis and Carlos Fonseca, and semi-usual Brad Miller. And also with me is several of my 1UP Motorsports teammates. We have Colton Landis, Jason Miller, Sam Roush, and Travis Sollenberger. So, uh, welcome, guys. Hi. Hey. Thank you. Uh, yep. Thanks for inviting me, huh? Yep. Uh, it's good to have you guys on the show. So let's get right into it. Um, there's a uh, there's a bug in the in the spotter saving and uh, within your settings that uh, created quite a whirlwind, I would say, over the last couple of weeks. And let's first talk about the bug that's happening and some of our experiences with testing this bug. Um, first of all is, is that it doesn't seem to be saving your settings. If you save for a password, whether it's set for anyone can join, but you have a password, or if it's set for friends only and you have a password, it, it seems to take off the password and allow people in and um, what first of all have you guys seen this have you experienced it uh, besides uh, my teammates so Brad Mike Carlos well I'll jump in I've read a little bit about it on the forums and some of the responses from the iRacing staff and they're indicating or what I read anyway was it would save your settings, but then when you would go back and maybe refresh the page or go back to that settings area, it didn't appear that your settings would be saved. The UI is not set in a way where it, it ver you can verify, so to speak, and it appears that it didn't save. And so I'm still confused about exactly what the issue was. Um, is it that they can get in when you don't have it pa you know, set to be passworded? Well... Here's kind of what we saw, and, and Jason, you can confirm with me, is that you can have, have it set for a password, save it. But then when you go to view spectate, it still allows you to join in as a spotter, as, as, as it's open for anyone. So I can go in and spot for anybody else regardless of their settings. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was random though. It was it was hit and miss. Uh, for example, on it was it was the first race of the week for Indianapolis, and we had uh, Derek, or our teammate, in a race, and so it was the uh, 7:30 Eastern Time race, and and Junior was in there spotting. Forum, and that's when we first noticed that there was no password. Is that correct, Jason? Yeah, that's that's how it started. Yep, and then so Derek had his set to to a password, right? And then it didn't prompt you. Is that what you're saying? Right, he had it set. He 
he thought he had it set. He went into the settings, saved it, put put a password on it, locked it for everybody except his friend. But then when he went into the race, if somebody else went to view spectate, uh, it would show it as open. And we had they had like I don't we had like six people jump in there and spot for him, which gives them access to the setup and everything like that. Six people that shouldn't have been in there. So it, it didn't work. So we were really confused and everybody had scrambled. And it was a week long process, but I think they did announce a way around it now. Yeah, I think in the, the next race uh, one that I was in, we had the same problem, but uh, nobody recognized me as a good enough driver to jump in there and try and steal a set. Right, because at first we were like, you know, we thought maybe Derek did something wrong because you just wouldn't think, you know, thought maybe he left it off. But then the same thing happened, like Colton said, to him in the very next race. And then it turned out, they said, don't go in there and check those settings because it whatever they did with the new build it it messed it up to where when you went in there and checked it it would uncheck your spotter password automatically after you left even though you didn't know it so i think now what they're saying is to go in there and set it and then shut down iRacing and come back and leave it alone don't go back and check it or anything like that and everything's supposed to be good now which we've tested a few times and it's worked but yeah that's what i read as well just what you said is set it and go away and don't look at it ever again <laughs> right but he said uh whoever it was that posted on the forum said they're working on it i think he's even got a fix for it it just hasn't been deployed yet but as for now that's that's the thing to do is just once you set your password leave it alone don't go back and look at it or it could uncheck it right staff men member jason Brian Fogel mentioned that there was a couple of uh, misspellings in the JavaScript on that page that allowed this to happen, which he has put in a couple fixes for, but it hasn't been deployed. But uh, that, I, that, I know for me personally, I'm going to leave mine off until it's actually fixed. <laughs> it did start some chaos, so, you know, it started a whole discussion about the ethics of iRacing and all that. People, I mean, some of the people that joined on Derek. It wasn't like new people just coming in to see what was going on. These were people on established teams, and you know it opened up a whole can of worms about ethics and stuff. Well, what are the ethics there? I mean, obviously, it's probably frowned upon, uh, you know. And but is it you know against the sporting code? I guess I'll ask the question. I don't think technically it is. I haven't seen anything where it's technically like protestable, but you know, it's just a matter of like, like for us, we had a really good setup. And like I said, some of the people that jumped in there knew better and they're on other, uh, you know, highly competitive big teams and they knew exactly what they were doing. They were just coming in there to get an easy setup. Some of them, you know, you can't prove they took it, but you have access to it and you can save it. So, you know. Oh, you can I, save it, huh? I was thinking you just screenshot it. Uh, in the no, settings. you can actually save it. If you come in as a spotter, you can save that setup of the driver that you join on. So, there's wow. no, you can't prove that they took it, but why else would, you know, some, some of those people come in there? I don't know. And then when they show up the next race and they're, three tenths faster than they were before you kind of know 
Interesting. Yeah, and actually one of the guys that jumped in there, I've heard that he's done this before, and he was kind of known for, for this, so it kind of made me feeling that this they they knew what they were doing. So that's just kind of my feeling on it. But, you know, let's let's ask the question, should spotters even be allowed to view the setup? Well... I, in my opinion, I, I say yes, because usually you, you don't have a, a mixed team. You don't have a crew chief and a spotter and et cetera. It's one guy helping you out, and he's be, he sometimes is the crew chief, and he needs to look at the set, but he's also being your spotter, you know? I personally think uh, that there's really no reason to get to the actual setup page as a spotter. Because once the race starts, you can't, you know, if there's a driver in the car, you can't adjust over to over there. You need, you do need to be able to let the spotters get to, like, you know, your black boxes, your tire pressures, your... Yeah, that's, okay, that's a good point. Your offset, but there's really no reason to get inside the setup page, in my opinion. Right, you shouldn't have any chief. more uh, access than the driver does, right? Right. Yeah, just let him see anything that the driver could change on a pit stop. Right. So that's yeah, a, anybody that's else got any real opinions on right that? There, huh? Anyone else with opinions on that? Well, my opinion on it is pretty similar to that. Where you, the way iRacing has it, you can't choose between being a spotter and a crew chief. So they have to have it open I guess where you can see the whole setup should it be available no it shouldn't be available you should only be able in a race to make adjustments that you would be able to make on a normal pit stop there's no reason to actually have the whole setup available to the crew chief okay yeah, let see, me the ask only you time this. to have that would be uh, maybe for team events only you know like endurance races what if you're okay what if you enter the room as the crew chief should that person also not have access to the to the set. I personally don't think so. I I don't think there's any reason after a race starts that uh, that the set should be available to anyone because even the crew chief can't make changes to the set. Right. But is there a reason that he should look at it like he needs to know the base temperatures or whatever, or the base pressure? Uh, the pressures are on the. That's true. That's in one of the black boxes, huh? What yeah. else? Is there any other settings that uh, a crew chief might want to uh, look at in that set uh, page uh, that he can't get from the black boxes? Well, Usually, he can't adjust it anyway. Right. That's the thing. Usually, I mean, if you're if you're a crew chief for somebody, you know, and there's say I'm crew chief for Tyler Hudson. Usually, we've been in a practice, so. You know, I already know everything on that setup. So there's once the race starts, there's really no benefit to seeing it because I can't do anything about it anyway. Once the race starts, I mean that's a good point. If you're the crew chief, you're you built the setup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know. and Travis is the spotter for uh, for Tyler. And Travis, when you're spotting, is, do you have any need to access the setup at all? I mean, very rarely I've been asked, you know, Tyler would make adjustments before the race and he would ask me maybe what he put the track bar on at the start of the race or 
or something like that. But same point in time with you not being able to change it, <laughs> also it is kind of peace of mind at that point. You know, him knowing what he put the track bar at, and you know, with Jason and these guys being around that mess with the setups more and being in there during the race it doesn't seem to be as big of an issue because like jason said he he would already knew without having to look at it what the track bar was on before he started all right all right so i think kind of consensus is a little bit that that they don't need access to it doesn't sound like it and so they probably really should just close it off now the other question is for like team events um you can pull the car into the garage and make set up changes, though. As, but it would it would just take you a long time, and I don't know if anybody's actually done this, but I I do recall that being one of the the benefits of the team races that you're able to pull it into the garage and make set up changes. But I know for like uh, non-team events, you can't. So, so if they can make a difference there, then I don't understand why they can't make a difference. On the other on the other side too but you know actually on uh, team events you're joining in is where you can spot or drive or coochie for whatever on on the old or the non-team events basically the only thing you can do is is join in to spectate spot or coochie if there is no opportunity to drive so i think if they can make the difference between that they should be able to make the difference on whether or not you have access to that setup and for those drivers out there that that know their spotter thing is passworded from long ago, the uh, the thing is don't go in and check it, right? Exactly. Right. Just leave it as it is. If you haven't messed with that's where we got in trouble is we just started messing around with it. And then when Derek's ended up being open, naturally, then we all wanted to check ours. So then we all met ourselves vulnerable. But, yeah, you're right. If, you hadn't had any trouble in this lock just don't even go in there just keep it on on don't turn that spotter function off and back on because that's when it glitches right and the best way to test it seems to be to just get in a practice and get one of your buddies to put his thing over the thing there where you can go in and look and see if you can well I, you can spectate or spot in a practice can you yeah, so you can just look there and see if it's open or not. If it's open, then you need to fix it. But if it's not, just let it alone. Yeah, probably a good idea for everyone to check that. Yeah, that's what Jason and I were doing that night. <laughs> we're sitting there making changes and jumping into practices and that type of stuff, just seeing if we can uh, lift it open or not. So we just... Some people, it seems trivial, but you know, we do spend a lot of time working on those, and we're trying to compete with other other big teams out there so that you know well it, is there any thought about sending though. a note over to nim cross about it you know is this protestable the the stealing part yeah the, i mean let's we'll talk about the ethics a little bit i mean i think we all agree about it but you know should these people you know get punished somehow well that kind of leads kind of leads into the next discussion is that uh Tyler got in there and uh, actually put in the forms. He named the names of the people that jumped in there. And, you know, even though he didn't have absolute proof, everybody, you know, everybody kind of knows. I think there was one guy that admitted to it. 
and apologized, but uh, but I, I guess that you know is name it first of all is naming the names on the forum. Do you think that's okay to do? And then second of all, was it was it okay to do in this situation since it's really non-protestable type of deal? Um, since it isn't like in the sporting code, and well, yeah. and third of all, is the punishment of being shamed in public good enough? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll jump in here and say and be real clear: you cannot name names in the forum on protestable offenses because that is it in itself a protestable offense. Um, it's actually in the sporting code that says you can't do that. Now, this particular topic I think is a gray area because as we already discussed uh, we don't think that this particular issue is in the sporting code so um, I think Tyler was okay naming names and and probably rightfully did so because it is the gray area so what are you supposed to do like I said are you going to email Nim Cross or are you going to throw something out in the forums and let the the hounds take to it or what opinions guys well, um, like Mike said, I mean, it's a gray area. Of, it, it's not actually in the sporting code. I think Tyler was totally justified with it. I mean, you spend, what, six, eight, ten hours building a setup all weekend, and then someone, five, six people come in and steal the setup and are automatically faster. I mean, you should be shamed for it. It's It's not right. It's bad sportsmanship it's a lot of bad things and if you're willing to go in there and take someone else to set up someone else's hard work put in a lot of time and dedication and do it you can't get upset if you're being shamed for it or your name's being thrown out there you better just take it i don't think anybody uh would blame tyler for that i don't think anybody would think that he was in the wrong there the other side of this is and i'm just guessing from what I hear, but the guys that did it obviously didn't care whether they get shamed for it or not. If if you're going to do it, you might as well face up and man up about it. Yeah, I agree with that. There, there was, uh, one of them did send an apology to the whole team. I mean, it was a heartfelt apology. You know, we told him, We'll just move on. Forgive him. We'll just move on. But there was there was another guy or two that sent private messages that were pretty mad that they were named. But you know, I didn't. You know, they were adamant they didn't take the setup. But my stand on them is that they shouldn't have been in there. Whether they took it or not, the guys that were in there knew they shouldn't have been in there. Had no reason to be in there. And like you said, once you do that, then you're pretty much guilty for just doing it. Whether you took it or not, you might as well have at that point because you were in there. Well, hold on a second. Now, when the spotter feature first came out and I tried it, the only way I could figure out, and this was kind of before I was on a team, the way I would try it was basically go find some random person that has their spotter thing open, join as their spotter, and just kind of surprise them over the radio and say, hey, Mike Ellis up in the tower. I'm going to be your spotter. What do you, is that okay with you? And I actually met some friends that way, uh, just kind of coming in and randomly spotting for them. So I don't want to say that, hey, you know, 
if I was trying to do that or I'm new to iRacing and I'm trying to learn how to spotting works and I go, you know, click on spot for somebody, I don't think I should be guilty of automatically saying, okay, this guy's trying to still still setup. But th- these weren't random people. They, well, they that's weren't... a good point. You know, if, if they're people that have been around and they're your normal competition, yeah, I understand. And on the other side of that, I've done this uh, stuff for four years, and I didn't know anything about this until you all started talking about it. I've had people come in and people I didn't even know and start talking to me on the, the spotter thing before I joined a team. Well, I hope they didn't get my setup because they probably went three-tenths slower, but, you know, I didn't even know. I, I, I had no clue that you could do this. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people don't. But but the people that jumped in and watched Derek while he was dominating the top split of the open and the names that jumped in there, they do know. So, I, I mean, I'm com- they're common, well-known names, and I'm confident of that. They didn't just decide let me check the spotter function on this car on this race i'm confident about that right and i know like i watched the first half hour of that race before our league race that night and um i went in as a spectator i didn't even bother looking at the spotter things which if you're going to go in there and watch the race that's what people do they go in as spectators so to go in there and just spot for someone that you know that's already on a team probably already has a spotter um and that they're they're just not just looking to see on how spotting works um you know what they were doing and so um i would say that uh, it's you know when you look at the situation it was almost like guilt for just doing it you know so i i don't know i you know i i personally wouldn't would never have thought of jumping as a spotter and stealing setups. I, that's just something I have never thought of, of doing. I'd even think that it can, could be done because I've never even tried. And I'm just uh, kind of shocked about it. So uh, for the name and the names thing, I'm actually glad Tyler did it. I think that the, the public shame is the, probably uh, what could have been done here um, since it's uh, probably not protestable. For, um, but if if something probably is, for is for something as competitive as the A open is and the top splits, I think the the stealing setups I think is probably pretty darn you know bad to do and probably should be protestable. Now, if Derek were to share the setup, then that would be a totally different story. But for just jumping in someone's spotter and steal the setup. Uh, it's kind of like what John Hammer wrote in the thing, too. If I leave my garage door open and you come walking in and grab something that isn't yours, that's still stealing. It, it, it wasn't like I, I invited you in. I didn't have a big open sign, come on in, grab what you want. You know, it was, you can't do that. And so that's the way I, I view this thing at. So but another another aspect there one other thing we didn't mention about this was uh this didn't actually start with us after all this happened then other stuff started trickling in this actually the first that i heard of it was uh you know the pro seasons going on and the week before indy uh this happened to several pro teams in the pro race where where that happened to them during the pro race people were coming in there taking their setups too so i think 
you know, that's just another aspect. It was bigger than just our team. Yeah, good point. It, and it has been happening around too. Is when you when you start reading the forums and stuff, you can tell that how other people are affected. So it is pretty big. All right. So anyway, I think we beat that thing to death. Hopefully, those people are shamed and feel bad and don't ever do that again. But for some reason, at least one of the names I know on there will probably keep on doing it. So anyway. Uh, most of us has been running the uh, A opens, I would say, uh, at least on the one-up team. And so uh, let's uh, go to our uh, guy that's been doing the best so far after three weeks, which is Colton. Colton's been on a roll. So Colton, talk about your three weeks into the A open so far. Well, first off, I got to give credit to Jason here and all the guys on the team who work on the setups because. Without the great setups I've had the past three weeks, I wouldn't be having any success. Um, but yeah, I've, I guess I've gained about a little over 800 I rating in the past three weeks, just running consistent, um, having fun. Got a, a few wins too, so. Nice. He's yeah. keeping me from winning every race, every race he's in that I'm in. Yeah, but Colton's been running really good. Everybody on the team has. Colton, honestly, though, one thing that I think, obviously, the setups are are the the big the big part of my success. But another thing that's really been helping me out is uh, I just got a new computer from iBuyPower and Triple Monitors. It's it's a lot easier to race people. I've found I I do think they are helping me out a lot. Yeah, I saw the picture you posted of it. Uh, congratulations on the on the setup. It looks really nice. Yeah, yeah, I've, I'm enjoying it. It was it was a real real pain in the butt. I could tell a long story about how all of that I had to go through to get it to me, but uh, I won't tell that story. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying it now. I'll take up the rest of the show if you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep, and uh, Sam, you've had some success and and some uh, letdowns at uh, Michigan Indianapolis. And uh, why don't you talk a little bit about your successes? Well, the success, the same thing. Just th these great setups that Jason and everybody on the team putting in a lot of hard work has really, really helped it. Um, I'm still learning a lot about keeping the car under control, when to race smart, and everything like that. I've had some bad lack of judgment, and I've also had many mistakes that I made, but I've learned from it. And when I do put everything together, I mean, I've had some good good success. Got a few wins, my first few cup wins that I've ever had there. It's been a lot of fun this season. I've run A Open before, and not being able to figure out and not putting in as much work in it has been really frustrating, but it's been really fun, and everybody's made it a lot of fun as well. Yeah, uh... Travis, have you run any uh, A Opens? I know you've done some Bs, but have you run any A Opens? I ran two races at Indy. Ah, yes, that's correct. And how'd you do? Uh, put myself in a bad spot in the first race and <laughs> ended up catching one of the uh, curbs there. Wrecked myself in the, the first race and 
Second race, there wasn't quite as many cars in there, but I won that one. Setup was hauling it. Very good. Uh, Junior, how how's you been your first uh, three weeks? Uh, good. I don't have any wins. Like I said, I'm usually in there with teammates, and they always beat me, but I've had I've had good finishes, and we've you know, hit on some stuff with the setup stuff. That the cars have been fast, and you know, I've got quite a few top fives. It's been pretty fun. Yeah, and just let you guys know how I've been doing is I had some uh, decent races at Michigan. Um, we're in some uh, in with some top guys, and I felt pretty comfortable running around with some of the top guys and some decent races in Indianapolis. But uh, Darlington has not been kind to me, so uh, I think I'm done with Darlington for the week. But um, but it's been uh, so far pretty fun, and next week is Kentucky uh, during the daytime for all you people out there at racing, and it is bumpy. It is really bumpy. So uh, let's talk about uh, some of the other things that people are running. Brad, what have you, uh, you been running so far this season? To be honest with you, I, with Christmas and New Year's and grandkids, I've got in a uh, Darlington fixed race, a cup, I think, open and fixed. Uh, but I, I really haven't been racing much. But uh, now that that's over with, ready to get going. All right. And, Carlos, I noticed that you uh, have dipped your toes back into the Star Mazda. And what else have you been running? Well, really, besides the league races we've been doing just mainly gt3 and that's it we've been me and jose have been running the endurance and hell just to be speaking of that right now we just got wrecked oh you're running yeah i guess it's on right now isn't it yeah jose's in the car right now and he says someone just got him in turn one i think took him out where are those at this week uh, they're interlagos i think oh interlagos I mean, yep. we've been doing pretty well in that series now. The new season that started with the endurance, we've been started off with a third place, I think, which should have been second because there's an issue with some single drivers again where they're able to keep their position. But we started off with a third, and I think we got a fifth last week, so we're on fire in that series. Yeah, it is kind of disappointing about that being a team event, but they still allow single drivers and be able to not be disqualified, um, which is which is a disappointment um, for that. I mean, if you are a single driver and and you don't have a teammate, it is uh, good endurance practicing, especially if you're going to run the 24 or whatever, to do three hours straight of racing to get your body used to it. But you should still be disqualified and not have points. I, I definitely agree with that. And so, Mike, uh, what have you been running? It's the off season, man. I'm a NASCAR driver. I'm like a NASCAR driver. I'm not racing. Uh, I didn't even turn the computer on yesterday at all. Uh, I, I run a little bit, uh, but not much. And what I've been running is Delara Dash and Pickup Cup. Uh, no I rating, no SR. Uh, just some carefree, quick races. Uh, I had a lot of fun at uh, using the old Delara at Phoenix, and and came away with like a. a 
bunch of top fives. I don't think I won any, but uh, I was always finishing in the top five, and I was having a lot of fun with it. But just some, you know, relaxing racing uh, and getting ready for the big season, you know, uh, coming up and the 36-week grind. It is a grind. Um, let's see, Colton, I know you've been running A-Opens. Uh, have you been doing anything else besides that? Uh, well, I tried running a IMSA, uh, uh, whatever, sports car championship race. Uh, would be my first uh, official road race other than the endurance races for like a year and a half. And I I wasn't, I didn't practice much. Uh, I didn't know it was an hour and a half long. And I drove, was that Daytona? Yeah. Yeah, they turn. I drove pretty much like an idiot and I uh, got disqualified. So I think I'm going to wait another year and a half. So did you have the same issues with the uh, cold tires on lap one? Yeah, yeah. But um, interesting is uh, I was in a, a Daytona night practice with uh, Jordan Taylor, the real-life uh, uh, driver. He said it's actually pretty realistic and it might even be worse in real life. Uh, on the cold tires at night, so. Oh wow! I've seen people in real life plow that pit wall down coming out of there. Yep. Yep. Interesting, uh, Jason. Uh, besides the open, uh, what are you trying to uh, get participation credits for? I have run a couple of Skip Barber races. Like you said, just for participation, so it'll give me some money. It's always good. But pretty much run around in the back, just keep it on the track. I enjoy the road racing. I'm just not fast at it. Sam? Uh, A open, and I was doing late models. Um, I haven't really had much success in it this season compared to previous seasons, but I'm trying to decide if I want to do late models or you know, SKs or so- something short track-ish. I like the sh- I like short track racing. I find it to be a lot of fun. Um, but right now, A open for sure, and my short track series is kind of up in the air. All right, Travis, what you been running? I don't race so much anymore. I haven't gotten participation credits since probably 2011. But uh, I, I I drive at the weird tracks. I don't know. I I like the the technical tracks like Indy and. Being that I'm from Pennsylvania, I, I kind of like Pocono no matter what, so I've been doing some B-Opens this week because it's Pocono. Yeah, Travis, yeah, Travis, <laughs> he doesn't run that much. He likes likes to go and practices a lot and have fun and uh, wreck his teammates, but um, <laughs> he, he, yeah. you, don't, you don't really see him that much in the official stuff, but yeah, so I it's, bet if, it's actually good run... to see him. You run any B races this week? You've seen him because he's been dominating at Pocono. Yeah, I got got kind of lucky, I guess. I don't know. I'm not really much of a setup guy, but I took the the fixed setup and made it drive the way I want to drive, and I've been out there pretty much putting it on them. Just whooping up on those B class drivers. Yeah, and yeah, I think Pocono is one of them tracks that isn't so setup dependent. If if you can get something that feels comfortable to you, the track's technical enough that if you've ran a lot of laps there like I have and, and like the track and 
want to go out there and do good at it, you just kind of put your game face on and go out there and turn laps no matter what you're driving. Right. Yep. And as for me, you know, since on the last show I mentioned, I got two accounts now. And so on my normal account, I've been running the open and the star Mazdas and I've been enjoying that. The star Mazda is, I, you know, I don't put too much time in the setup and I don't put too much time in practicing. And, and so I'm really not planning to run up front or anything like that. But uh, my last race at Interlagos was kind of a fun finished uh, mid-pack. Um, but uh, the Nubering, the GP one, um, I don't know. For everyone that hasn't had a chance to run the GP version of Nubering, there's some frame skips and and just weird things that happen in graphics. You'd be like, you know, it's just it's very odd uh, there. And I don't know exactly what it is. I know that iRacing has mentioned that they're working on on fixing some of the the frame rate issues that they got there, but it is uh, it is pretty messy. And then uh, on my second account, I've been having a lot of fun with uh, street stocks, uh, SK modifieds, late models. I haven't done uh, very well in the late model SK modifieds. I've been doing uh, doing pretty decent uh, thanks to. Uh, uh, setups from um, a website, which uh, I'll pull up here in a little bit here, and I'll, and I'll mention it. But um, also, I am now done with running street stocks on my second account because I moved up to C-Class, which I find very disappointing that happened to me. But uh, the website is called osracing.net. You just need That's to hit the wall a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and then you'll be a D. You're driving yeah. too clean. That's your problem. Now, well, what, you, what you need to do, Alan, is whenever you have a bad race and you get mad on your regular account, just get on your other account and go wreck some rookies. And then I should have <laughs> done that yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I moved up to C-Class. And, and, uh, but my last race in the street stocks was a, was a great fun race. And... Uh, and you can see it up on my YouTube channel, um, and it's uh, it really kind of proved that uh, you know you guys remember the rookies. I am, I don't know if you remember the some of you guys were before the street stocks, so maybe you ran legends. But for the guys that ran street stocks, is that when you first got into a race at Charlotte, and it was nighttime, you noticed that everyone was running low. Everyone was running the low line to make sure that they don't get blocked and they don't get passed. They were just protecting the low side. Well, I didn't particularly worry about that this this race, and I just uh, tried to work, save my tires as much as possible. And then in the last few laps, I was able to pass about seven cars just by running the outside and end up making a very last lap pass right at the line to take the win. And so that was actually a lot of fun. Uh, probably the most fun I've ever had in the uh, in the rookie street stocks. But uh, SK modifieds, I've never been able to run them before. Um, it, it really wasn't a popular series when I first was a D class and and kind of going through the ranks. And I know I can run it now in my regular account, but I don't want to because I was afraid I was going to lose a bunch of I rating because I'm not very good. But so this time around, I'm actually able to run them and. And guys, the SK modifieds are a lot of fun. They're they're a fun car to drive. So they we're at five flags this week, and uh, and it's uh, 
it's kind of fun. You don't have to break going into corners and you just, just let the baby roll and it's a, it's a good time. So, uh, speaking of that, my second count, uh, and we'll move into the next topic is that my wife was generous and gave me $200 of my own money into iRacing credits. And so I applied that to my second account so I could buy some stuff and, uh, and I'm now uh, enjoying uh, having that uh, second account. So that's where I, well, that's what I got for uh, for Christmas. So let's kind of kind of go uh, up the line here. Travis, uh, did you uh, get anything or reward yourself for Christmas with any kind of uh, iRacing related stuff? No, I've been 100% member for quite a while, and I'm uh, lucky enough that when my work does christmas bonuses they found where if they buy you 25 dollars gift cards they don't have to pay they don't have to take taxes out of it as long as it's in 25 dollars increments and iRacing just happens to sell 25 dollars gift cards so previous years i've gotten enough gift cards where i've gotten all the content and got my subscription going for a while well, that's kind of neat so work actually buys you iRacing gift cards yeah, didn't get any this year because I still actually have some money in the account there, but I've done it in previous years. I think the one year I got like $600 in iRacing credits, and that was when I went ahead and finished buying whatever content I didn't have to become 100%. And, you know, I kind of looked at it as even if I don't use all that stuff, it's nice to be, you know, we got a pretty big team, and it's nice whenever somebody's like, oh, I'm in here doing this, and I can be like, yeah. I'll jump in there even if I have no intent of racing it because I like to run practice laps and stuff. So, you know, by the time you add in a 30% discount that you get for being a 100% member, you know, some of that stuff's virtually free compared to buying it one piece at a time or even two or three pieces at a time. Yeah, I know for my second count, I'm buying them six pieces at a time just to get that 20% discount that they got going there. All right, Sam. Did you uh, receive anything or reward yourself for anything for Christmas? Well, I, um, I didn't get anything for Christmas as far as iRacing or anything like that. And I definitely didn't reward myself. I wasn't exactly employed for a month. But um, I, I luckily am a 100% member club already. So um, as far as that, no, nah, not on iRacing. Just been practicing and stuff. <laughs> wow. Now, Junior, I know you got something. Tell us about what you got. I upgraded my pedals to the, well, I, I was running the stock uh, G27 pedals, and I upgraded to the Fanatic V3s during Christmas. And nice. I'm thoroughly enjoying them so far. I just watched a half review on, uh, on Inside Sim Racing. They reviewed those pedals, and uh, they look really nice. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm enjoying And going from the potentiometers to the load cell it, it's a big difference and a little adjustment period i'm still there, there's a lot of things you can dial into them you know the, the sensitivity and stuff but i'm still trying to get them where i like them exactly but so far i mean they're just so much smoother and feel so much more realistic going from the g27s to these v3s that i'm liking them so far um so one thing I noticed that in the inside sim racing thing is they they were talking about how 
the brake pedals feel like they're hydraulic. Are you finding that or at all? Or and or did you happen to get any of the extras that they sell with those uh, pedals, the add-ons? No, I just I just got the pedals and I didn't get any of the add-ons, but actually I've got uh, I don't know if they feel hydraulic, but I don't know comparing them comparing them to the G27s. I feel like with the G27s it was kind of a memory thing. You just how far to press it before they lock up. But with these I can actually feel it. They've got a vibration motor in the brake and the uh, throttle. Which I've heard some people say don't work on our racing, but they, it's been working for me. So right before you hit threshold braking, you can feel that that motor. It kind of I think it should be a little stronger personally, but you can feel it, especially in the brake pedal. It'll vibrate right before you reach your threshold braking, which has been really cool. Yeah, it sounds really nice. So do you find an advantage that you wear like socks instead of shoes with those pedals on? With the yeah. I race in my socks. I, I did on other ones and with these. I, I don't have them, the sensitivity or the pressure turned all the way up. So I don't, I don't think I need the add-ons to make them even stiffer. I tried it all the way up, but I, I'm just more comfortable with it. Uh, I don't know, probably 80% as strong as it could be. Something like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm really liking them though, for sure. There's right. definitely something to be said about having a good set of pedals. I mean, guys are out there racing on something like Momo or driving force pedals, and I know, I know some people are racing on a budget, but you just you couldn't believe the difference going to a, a good set of pedals. Even I was surprised with the throttle. You know, I expected the brake because that's what everybody focuses on. You can really be more consistent, but the throttle on these V3s, I, you know, there's resistance and I can really feel, I can feel when I'm going to start spinning the wheels a little bit better. It's just all the way around. It's just a whole lot better feel. And I'm more consistent, I think. Good. I know uh, that uh, I was right behind you in the Indianapolis race, I think, one of your first races with the new pedals. And I don't think you were used to the brakes at that point. Yeah, uh, I almost wrecked you, me, and anybody else around us. <laughs> I, I don't know if I didn't have it calibrated right or I had the sensitivity too high or whatever it was, but I went down into one of the, into turn one or turn three, jumped turn. on the brakes, locked them up, <laughs> almost took Alan out. Yep, that was fun. So, Colton, uh, what about you? Anything for Christmas? Uh, I got some money. It's going mostly in the bank, I guess, but I, I did order myself an iRacing sweatshirt. Which I guess it's coming in soon. All right. So, so Colton's going to be styling. Represent. <laughs> well, I thought I'd I'd wear them to like uh, whenever I go to the NASCAR race or, or whatever. Sometimes I see people there wearing them. It'd just be cool. Yep. And they're also good for uh, dates too, if you want to know. Pick <laughs> up a lot of checks. <laughs> this is my video game sweatshirt. No, no, no. This is your simulator sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike. Uh, would you reward yourself? No, my wife did get me an Apple Watch, which I absolutely love. And I, it's kind of related to iRacing because I, I usually look at my iPad when I get an alert while I'm racing. 
because it's kind of right under the center screen. But now I think I can just glance at the watch and it's not, I don't have to look away as much. So kind of iRacing related. So <laughs> you got to explain this. What program you're running, what are you doing? You got to explain this a little bit. No, I'm just saying like when somebody emails or texts or something while I'm in oh. a race, it, it, it taps you on the wrist, you know, and you kind of look down at your arm and, and you say, oh, that's my wife, you know, telling me to, you know, get off the computer. Now you got an explanation for every time Mike swerves down a straightaway. <laughs> <laughs> now it's less of a swerve because it's on his wrist. There you go. Well, maybe I just strapped the watch to like the, the steering wheel right in the middle or something. Well, question. <laughs> Do you got like a screen on your watch? Like it would be like an iPhone? Yeah, it's a screen. So would it be possible to actually load an app that you would have on your, like for what people use and stick their phones on their wheel? Would it be possible to load like one of those apps on your on your phone there or on your watch? No, that's not how it works. But stuff? if you have an app for iOS for Apple phones, and you can develop a watch app to go with it, like a companion app. But uh, no, you just can't take any old you know, iPhone app and do it on the watch. It doesn't work that way. So. Oh, but that would have been cool. <laughs> I thought about it. I was thinking, okay, can I get my rev limiters on my watch? Would that be cool? Yeah. Maybe it can tap me tap like when I get wrist. to the, the, you know, the red. Yep. You're, you're, you're for road racers and there's shifting points and stuff like that. There's a blow program that beeps or whatever. Adam, that would be that tapping on the wrist thing that Colton just mentioned. That would actually you be cool. Shift. Tap, tap. <laughs> so, uh, Carlos, anything uh, iRacing related over the Christmas holidays? No, not at all, really. Just, yeah, nothing. Well, I thought I saw in one of your videos that you made a, a recent purchase of, of, of a non-expensive but incredibly valuable tool um, of voice attack. Wait, what? Weren't you running voice attack? In the no, I bought that way a long time ago. Oh, well, that's the first time I've ever seen you use it. Yeah, I've had voice attack for almost a year. How about that? So, anyway, uh, how are you? Uh, first of all, I know you had it for about a, about a year. So, how are you liking it so far? What, voice attack? Yeah. It's really convenient. Especially, you know, me racing on a controller. I had to kind of limited on buttons here, so I had to have something else to help out with black boxes and all that. Switching to them, just you just say the word and it does whatever, as long as you have it set in your profile. Yep, I think that's the first time you mentioned on the show that you race with a controller. And uh, so, if for anyone that races with Carlos, Carlos is in, in a very, uh, I would say, fast you're able to put on the fast laps and uh, very good finish. Yeah. yeah don't be horrified by, by, you know, hearing Carlos is on a controller. He's faster it's, than anybody on our team. Yeah. Don't be, don't be horrified by, by that. But uh, Carlos is a, is a good racer and he races with a controller. And uh, to me, that's still just a amazing feat. And, and I, you can hear, uh, like on streams and some people will talk about well, he's on a controller and people what you know and so I think a lot of people are amazed <laughs> now it took a lot of work though to get it to where 
you have to make these adjustments in the configuration, you know, for the, the axes and all that, for your steering and all that. You have to really adjust it perfectly to get it as smooth as what I got it at. Yep, all right. And, uh, Carlos, I believe that we have uh, someone who's in chat on our site. That is also one of them, one of motorsports teammates. Uh, and maybe he might ask a question. And uh, that'd be Tyler Hudson, I believe, is in there. Yeah, he heard his ears burning. We were talking yeah. about him, I guess. I'm sure it was. I'm sure. I'm sure it was burning. So if uh, Tyler wants to, I think to... he's stuck at work, bored watching. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm sure he is. But uh, if Tyler wants to pipe in on anything, go ahead and uh, pop something up there in, in chat. And uh, Carlos, uh, want you read something if you happen to see anything from him. All right. And uh, Brad, do you uh, receive anything for Christmas? I actually did. My wife got me two more monitors, and I am currently waiting for a uh, mini port adapter to come in so I can get the, the three screens going. Dang, nice. that's awesome. Oh, I love that. that. I am loved. <laughs> you sure are. But talk about that adapter. That's not something that you planned on, uh, right? You kind of got everything set up and had realized that you needed a, another piece. Yeah, well, you know, if you've never done it, you don't know. And, and I, I run two video cards. I've got, I could probably hook six or eight monitors up to this thing. Um, and was always under the assumption of, you know, one day, one day I'm going to go three screen, one day. And lo and behold, for Christmas, she comes up two days before Christmas and goes, I can't wait any longer. You're just going to have to open your damn Christmas present. So got them. Very happy. Kind of disappointed that I had to hook them all into one uh, video card. I didn't know you had to do that. So I had to order a part. And, and actually, it took me probably about uh, four or five days before I figured out what I actually needed had some help with from Jose and uh, so right now I'm waiting on a part yep uh, a little $25 mini port to uh, active mini port adapter is that what you're getting yeah yeah and so wish that I could just go down to Best Buy and get one <laughs> but they don't have them looks like yeah. Tyler asked a question there to Jason all right. I missed it. I logged out. I don't see what the question is. But it says uh, how do you feel about the Kentucky setup? Oh, it's, it's not bad. Well, tell them who made the made the one that uh, we've liking so far. Well, there's a couple of versions. Just got to get get him on there to test a couple of them with us. We'll narrow it down. But but I was going to ask Brad. Uh, I don't have but one one video card. But if you have more than one, can't you? I don't know if you have NVIDIA or AMD or what, but can't you run an SLI or Crossfire and use multiple for multiple screens? When I go Crossfire, for some reason, mine wants to go to only two screens. And I've actually had all three screens come up with my desktop, but when I go into the game, it will not run it. And I was watching a video there on YouTube of how to hook up the AMDs and they all say 
to use um, if they mention it at all. They all say it's got to come off of the one card. But are you for, getting the for benefit game, of the second card when you do that? <clears throat> I think you can go into Crossfire when you do that. Because the, the second card is just for power and stuff. Memory. That's interesting. If I thought about upgrading to two, that would make me think twice about it if I can't utilize them. Like that. <laughs> well, you yeah. are once you get them hooked up. But it, watch a few videos before you do it, because like I say, I was in the, uh, the yeah, one day, one day, one day I'll do this. And then when it happened, I was kind of like caught with my pants down. I hadn't researched anything. She wouldn't know what to research. She just thought she could get two more screens and I could plug them up and there you go, which I was hoping I could do, but it's not quite working out that way. But watch a few YouTube videos on how to do it. Uh before you come home and do like I do and sit there and go, well, doggone it. <laughs> well, don't feel bad, Brad. When I first got triples, I went through the same process of thinking I was good to go and, and it didn't work and I had to figure out what to buy. And yeah. One thing I did uh, when I first got my three screens, my card wasn't capable of doing it. And I actually still have the thing, and I don't need it anymore, so I'd probably sell it. But i got a thing called a triple head to go, and it just hooks into one port in the back of the video card, and it comes with software, and it processes everything through that thing and then sends it to the three screens. And that thing actually worked out really good because there, there wasn't a huge explanation on how to actually hook up three screens. That was probably seven, eight years ago. So that well, thing made video, it pretty simple. One of the videos I watched showed somebody using one of those. I mean, the, it, there's one video on there that's fantastic. It's probably, it's two videos and it's probably like 14 minutes total. And he shows you the pieces. He shows you what to do, shows you how to go into the, uh, the AMD catalyst control and everything. I mean, it's, it's very informative. When I just had a NVIDIA 9800GT 2 gig card running the, the thing and you know for it running three screens off of all the more that card was the thing did really good whatever it did processing it 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 had really good software with you know stuff you can do as far as opening windows and certain screens and all that type of stuff the software with it was really good. But when I bought my new card, when I, I bought built my new computer, one thing that I did this time was I bought a dual card, which it has a dual processor and it's four gigs of memory, just all in one card. And that made it really simple too. There was no hooking up an SLI or Crossfire. It, it was already set up to do all that. And I didn't need any special cables either. I could just run all DVI cables. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that was a something i wasn't actually looking at that product but i was looking for something like that at first uh when i thought all this stuff was over my head and uh that's interesting that they actually had something out there so good to know for all the people out there listening that uh that there is options if you don't have all the all the ports available for triple screens so it's good to know uh, I also want to mention another thing that I uh, that I got for myself um, over the Christmas break, just 
one more thing, even though I'm not ready to give a full review. And that is I bought a subscription to I Analyze Racing. And so some of the, uh, the neat things on there so far that I've seen, uh, it will give you like the ride heights, the tire temps. Uh, it will give you uh, basically a lot of different uh, information. Uh, and it seems like pretty much all the same information that MoTeC will give you um, when you're looking at uh, all your information. But some of the other added benefits are is they do have speech uh, speech recognition. So there is some certain things that you can say um, as my computer still has to learn on how I talk and everything like that. So it would actually read me better. But um, there's certain things that you can say to basically work like voice attack does, um, <clears throat> which allows you to uh, make those uh, pit stop changes or move around those black boxes and everything else like that. Um, but another thing it has is a pit stall countdown uh, ability where it will it will say 10, 9, 8, you know, when you're coming up to your pit stall, which is actually kind of nice. Um, so there's some added features in there. But... Um, but also one of the things that I don't know that other software can do is that I can compare my laps and and a lot of my different uh, things that I can analyze with other people that were in the session with me. So I can see like exactly where they're breaking, where they're putting on the throttle, you know, how much steering input they do and that type of stuff. So, for example, if I'm in a room with, with Colton and I'm, you know, Colton's like beating me every lap by you know, like he does, I can actually try to try to analyze why is Colton that much better than me, which which is one of the reasons I kind of like this tool. But uh, I'll give you, uh, as we move on, I will give you a much better review of this software and things that I'm finding out. How so, much is it? Uh, it cost me $40 for the year, I think, or something like that, or 33 for the year. Um, they have different options for different amounts of time, and I don't know if it was luck on my part, but when I joined, it was a little bit before Christmas, and I think for a Christmas present, it gave everyone four months free, so that got added onto my year. Oh, so, wow. yeah, and so it's, uh, yeah, and I know they're still kind of new, and he's working on things. Right now, I got a a not like a final build but more like a pre-release build loaded in because i wanted the tire temps which is one of the things that he added in into it and i wanted to make sure i got that so um but so far uh i'm liking the tool i just don't know everything i'm looking at as, at this time so well but, i know uh, you're uh new to it but it, like the voice command do you have to assign a button have like a push to talk button to for it to recognize what you're saying? Yes. And yes. is it is it pretty intuitive? I mean, is it done like if you want to turn the fuel off, do you have try you have to say it like four or five times or something? Or do you uh you know, as like I said, as the computer starts to learn, I actually just the other day I went through the speech recognition uh thing, which is actually in the control panel and went through it's questions that they ask you and you you repeat things and so it tries to learn your voice better and so it just uses regular windows speech recognition and so i think at first it would it would struggle i mean there's things that you can say like uh, pit stop full service 
or you could say pit stop, no tires or, or whatever. And that recognized it right away. But when I was trying to get into more detailed commands like uh, pit stop, add five gallons and change right side only, you know. So if when you did that, then sometimes it struggled. Um, but otherwise, I'm finding most of the stuff. And, but there's some things that, that I know that they added into the program that isn't in their help file. And so I got a question out for them. Can I get all the commands that they have? Um, because there was something I read in one of the uh, pre-release notes about changing tire pressures, where it's like a set, you know, right front to 32 pounds or something like that, and it will it will do that. But I didn't see that in any of the help things, and so I want to make sure I get all this latest stuff. So, but there's a lot of things you can do. Oh, there's another question from Tyler. Do you have to load telemetry like normal, or does it just run and take the info? It just runs and takes the info. Uh, basically, you have your setting. They, um, I'll just uh, I have the program open right now, so I'll actually tell you. In the options section, they have they have a telemetry mode, which you can do a dual mode, which is basically I analyze racing's uh, telemetry mode, which actually gives you. Um, it gives you the more information um, or at least information that's for I analyze racing plus it gives you all the other drivers in the session uh, which is kind of nice then they have a thing called classic mode which our dual mode is actually both of them it's it, it will have the the IBT file I believe it's called which is a normal file that comes for like Motec and stuff is not that right junior yeah, and that you, that you would load up, so it would actually have that and the uh, I analyze thing, and so you could do a dual mode, and then they have a thing called classic mode, which is just purely I analyze, and then you have um, like an iRacing manual thing where you would have to do the control L or whatever to start tele telemetry up, and I think that's only for uh, the regular MoTeC thing. So right. basically, I leave it on dual mode and just... Uh, and and run it from there so it runs automatically every time a session starts up it will start it up yeah i think i have to hit alt l to start recording telemetry for motet yeah and i actually i could see uh tyler's thing there too and uh and he said sounds really cool to use for for those aren't good with telemetry and he's and i am one so it's a it's it's a good tool to to start using that and to actually but it gives you a lot of the same graphs you know when i'm looking at ride heights and everything i i, I you know I've, I've seen the screenshots from motec and they look pretty much like the same type of graphs and you can go you can go any place on the track and see exactly where your ride heights would be or where your front splitter is and that type of stuff so it's a it's a nice nice thing to know and it's also you can also see where you're wearing out your tires too by the tire temps so i'm someone who pushes, you know, I, I'm wearing out the right front more than the, than the right rear. And, but I can actually see it now exactly where I'm doing it on the track. Cause I can tell from the, the colors that I'm really heating up the right front here. And so it, it is kind of an interesting tool. It's a, it's a, it's a kind of a neat thing. And so uh, for people that are, I would say, just getting into it, it's probably not a bad buy, at least right now. And how much is a subscription? Oh, it's, uh, it's like, 40. Uh, yeah, it's like 40. If you want, I can pull that up. But, uh, 
Well, uh, while I'm pulling that up, uh, we could talk about our good friend, uh, Mr. Uh, Lance Gomez, has been in the forums of late again. It's okay. comical. I was just looking at that and reading through that forum <laughs> topic, and uh, boy, you know, he he jumps in, he opens a topic, but then everyone jumps all over him, telling him, you know, uh, how he races. Uh, it's interesting. It, it's actually nothing new. Yeah, it, it, it is nothing new, and it, it is, again, he's out there causing havoc and problem, and actually put out a poll question, is, is a 4X too easy in iRacing type of thing? Basically, if you're bumping doors, is it too easy? So let's answer that question before we even talk about Lance, and, you know, first of all, well, let's talk. Is a 4X too easy in iRacing? Sometimes. <laughs> There was, uh -huh. a, um, when we were doing, I think it was winter NIS and we were in a practice or maybe it was a race or whatever. Jason and I actually were no door to door at Talladega. Um, and we, I mean, barely touched where you could barely feel it in the wheel. Neither of our cars got upset or anything. And we both got a four X for it. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's going to be tough to say, is it too easy when you have, the internet that's there interfering with it because there'll be times when you go in there and just get doored by somebody. I mean, hardcore door to where you get damage out of it. It comes up zero X and mm -hmm. then like, like Rouse is saying, you know, you go in there and don't even really feel like you're touching the guy and you get a four X and, you know, there's only so much you can do about that whenever people have internet connections the way they do or just, you know, I have a really good internet connection. It doesn't mean that it's not going to mess up at some point in time. But I know that 4X is going to definitely happen on maybe a little a little too easy. Like, it would be a, kind of a slight bump and you got a 4X. But don't you find safety rating pretty darn easy anyway? That's the thing. If you're a clean racer, those... 4Xs that you get like Jason and Roush got don't matter to you. And you're not going to get them every race that you run in. Right. So, for example, like like Lance, I'm sure he's concerned because he's the only guy that I've known that's gone from an AA license and, and all the way down to a Class D license in the same season because his E-King doesn't know how to keep a safety rating above two. So, I mean, or actually above one. Um, so I've, I've never, you know, I can understand why it's a concern for him, but be honest with you, for the rest of us, I don't think it, it should even be a concern because safety range is too easy. I don't even bother with it anymore, you know. Lance's problem is he races every person the same way. I mean, if you get one split and somebody in there is a 24 car and you put yourself in position where you're behind them, you can't go in there and pinch that guy down to the apron if you're trying to pass him on the outside or go in there and take up half his lane or dive bomb underneath him and surprise him. you got to race people different ways. And there's some people you can run tight with and some people you can't. And if you try to run them all the same way, you're going to get wrecked or get four X's. Yeah, and I think the the issue that he had uh, with, and it was a, a race, a fixed race, was with Brian Persky. And, and he's actually a pretty decent, clean racer and stuff. But I, I really think the problem is Lance. Lance himself, I think he's a – I don't think he really understands racecraft that well. 
That's my opinion. I, he's just a he's a bulldozer out there. So, That's what everyone told him too. Yep, he he just uh, he's he's out there. So, um, but it's it's interesting because we had him on the show. Uh, we really were trying to get what was in his mindset about why he does that type of stuff, and I think in his mindset he just thinks that he's fast. Get the hell out of my way, and I don't care if you're there. So, but it's interesting that uh, he's back at it. You know, a bunch of people are uh, still saying. Matter of fact, Brian uh, Brian Persky actually put up some replays. If anyone's interested in, in going and taking a look at that, it's in the it's in the uh, A car forums where Lance put up that forum or that poll, and then of course uh, people are even questioning why Lance is uh, questioning that. So, or why he's still on the service. Yeah, there's people that ask that too. Why is he still in the service? Um, oh, to answer the pricing on the iAnalyze Racing uh, for a six month subscription, it's thirty five dollars. For twelve month, it's forty. For twenty four month, is seventy two. And for thirty six, it's ninety six dollars. So you can see the reason why I did the twelve month because it was only five dollars more than the six month. And I thought that was a lot better deal, but I was unwilling to give them more than a year. So that's the reason why I did that. So it was forty dollars. I thought it was a good thing to good thing to try out for forty dollars here, especially if it gets me more into uh, doing some uh, telemetry stuff. All right, uh, Mike. Uh, the next uh, topic is all yours. Uh, yeah, uh, Motorsport.com. We've talked about them before. Uh, they cover real life racing, but they also started uh, this year uh, sim racing coverage. Well, that kind of went away uh, when they got a new editor in chief over there, Jim Utter, uh, who I follow on Twitter. But I had actually complained to him last week, dude, we need some more sim racing news on your site. And uh, sure enough, they, they put up a story on the iRacing Pro Race of Champions at Watkins Glen. Uh, Stanaway, Richie Stanaway, run uh, won that race, but I think the real story was Sam Smith, uh, who's an IndyCar team owner and is paralyzed from the neck down uh, from a racing crash 15 years ago. He was able to take part. Uh, they set up a special rig for him where he was driving with his mouth, basically, and uh, and by twisting his head a certain way or something like that, he was able to control the car. Finished a respectable 16th place uh, and uh, was able to finish the race. And uh, congrats to Sam Smith. Uh, there were some other well-known uh, names in there. Timmy Hill, Jay Beasley, uh, Chris Diamond, Ben Waddell, uh, round out the top five. Kozlowski raced, I think. Brad yeah, Brad, Brad K was in there. That was really cool watching Sam Schmidt. We watched, that was several of us on our team that were just watching it live. And, I mean, wow, it was really cool watching him be able to get the car around the track probably better than I can. And he was just using head movement and, uh, you know, those controls. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, and I've been around – I used to be a Sam Schmidt fan when he was an IndyCar driver until he got uh, – hobbled up there in Vegas and a huge wreck. But, oh, yeah, I was excited to see him racing, too. Yeah, I thought that was actually kind of neat on how they did the steering with the movements of his head and then uh, uh, the throttle and the brake with uh, basically by the, the straw or whatever you want to call it that was in his mouth where he was either blowing or sucking 
into that straw. And I thought that was uh, actually for him to be able to go out there and race with that, I think is, is amazing. Just um, to make a lap at Watkins Glen like that. Yeah, right. Mean, Keep amazing. it on the road. Yeah. So, and I, I believe I heard that all the qualifiers were only like two seconds off of each other. And so, you know, if he's racing two seconds off the, off the fast guys, if he was the slowest, which I don't know, but even if he was the slowest, it was only two seconds off the fast guys. I, I, that's, We're talking me, fast. Crazy. We're talking Timmy Hill, you know? Yeah. Timmy Hill fast. I know how fast that is. I've been in a race with him. I have too. Yeah. He's uh, the Glen. He's, he's schooled me before. Uh, let's yeah. keep moving. Uh, I got a bunch of releases in December. Uh, I want to kind of just gloss over these. The last two weeks of December have been very busy with iRacing, with maintenance releases, outages, and so forth. Uh, the first one was the release notes for December 14th update, uh, where they fixed a, a lot of different things. Um, I don't think there's anything in this I want to go over, but they did, you know, it's basically a lot of bug fixes from the the main fourth quarter release. Then two days later, they had another maintenance on December 16th, where they uh, took it out and put out some more updates. Uh, The release notes from that were actually released after the fact. And um, again, more bug fixes. And I don't, you know, I don't think I saw anything in here about that spotter issue that we talked about. That's still outstanding. Yep. Uh, then after the 16th, uh, well, one of those issues they fixed was where the tires of opponents' cars would wobble, causing smoke. And I know I saw this in a race with Jose, where you look at their front tire and it's kind of going back and forth real quick. Did anyone else see that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah initially, initially when the when the build came out, that was one of the weirdest things I saw. It actually kind of made me a little more distracted because I was noticing that. Right. Yeah, you know, they got that address. So, um, and then the other one was they fixed an issue that reduced the maximum number of car positions transmitted to you by the server. There were a lot of people complaining about this because they have their settings set to see all cars regardless. But then you'd go and you'd be at the back of the grid, but you couldn't see the pace car, even though you knew it was there. So they got that fixed. And then December 22nd was another build uh, where they they put it down. And uh, then they had a network event where iRacing went down unexpectedly. Um, Yep, And they basically called it, we had a network event. It was brief, but an event nonetheless. We were working with our provider to figure out what happened. I wonder if that was related to Steam going down, because I think, wasn't that the same day? Somebody said Steam was hacked or something like yep, that. Yep, Steam got hacked. and they, Yeah, I think it was the same day. That was the 29th. I don't know if it was related or not. But... Um, and then uh, there was another... Uh, unplanned outage on the 30th we experienced database corruption that resulted in unplanned downtime for the service we are sorry so uh lots of stuff going on with iRacing i'm happy that all this stuff is happening in the off season uh during christmas and holidays that you know and it it's not affecting me anyway yeah you know it's for me it's come to be expected somewhat i think this happened to be one of the the worst 
builds ever. And uh, and we'll get to uh, what uh, John Henry said about that. But um, to me, it's it's you know maybe they bit off a little bit more than they could chew in this build. You know, for uh, also for for a software developer and for someone that has to update a a program often, I like to do it in small chunks. I'm not one of these guys that like to do quarterly large updates. I'm one of these guys that are you know, more monthly, just small chunks, small chunks, small chunks. And the reason why I like doing that is because it's just, it's pretty, pretty straight. And also you have to have a rollback plan where you go back to what you had before. And if you're only doing small chunks, it isn't that big of a deal. You know, when they do something really large, and they, they did have a very large build this time. And now it seems like we're kind of in a funk where we might be stuck with this thing until the next build. And, yeah, I don't think they're doing anything else until thir- the you know first quarter. Right, and so you know, as of right now, we can't even tell ratings or not. I mean, but but standings, like in series, we we can't even see that. So I mean, there's some things in there that that are probably should be fixed before the next build. You know. And I, but I, I think that they, we went so far into this thing that we're kind of, kind of stuck with where we're at here. And it's actually a little bit of a disappointment. I'm not one of these people that are going to jump on the forums and demand my money back, you know, type of thing. But uh, I do wish that some of these things would uh, get fixed. I wish they would fix the uh, how many racers are online and the uh, my racers online because I've got quite a few friends that are not on my team that if I get on there and I see that somebody's running somewhere, uh, I don't mind hopping in and going racing with them or something, but now it's just a potluck. You join a race and see who shows up. Yeah, actually uh, what I do is, is I'll still go and look at the, go to a series, look at the results, hover over the helmets to see who's in these rooms so I can tell, you know, who's in it. So, for example, if I know some teammates are running, are are running something, or or in something, I'll go look through the practice rooms to be able to figure out where they're at, you know, and, and jump Speak, in there. No, speaking of like issues with the site and all that, has anyone else had anything of any issues of trying to get into a team event, like by um, clicking on teams and then going to team sessions? Because all it does for me is return me back to the main page. I have to admit, I haven't tried any team events since the new build. Actually, Sam was having trouble earlier with something getting in to watch a GT3 race, and that he was, was getting error code 22. Yeah, so, I would... You ever heard of that? I would try to load up the sim, and it wouldn't... It would just... When it was trying to load the sim, you know, the picture of the track that it has before, it would just pop up a box and say, um, unable to load sim, error code... or uh, please try again. Um, if the problem persists, uh, contact technical technical support. Error code twenty two or load error twenty two. I think I did see that last week, but I just refreshed or something and it fixed it for some reason. All right. It's just random. I tried it a few times, but it didn't let me. Sam yeah, looked I think- on the forums and it there was only one post he found from like five years ago for error code twenty two <laughs> and it said pretty much delete everything and reinstall it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, for for that car and track. 
Oh, I, th I thought that was the Sam. What do you even bother even watching the GT3 race for? I think that Erico 22 is my <laughs> isn't it? It's pretty great. Uh, Derek was racing. We were all in there watching. There was a giant crash as soon as the green flag dropped. About 15 cars, it looked like, reckon. And, and Derek GT3 got run over twice. Yeah. Derek got run over. Yeah, two times. All I wanted to do is he see Derek somebody, get run over. He passed somebody on straightaways. You know, it was an interlagos. So he passed them on the straightaway and then kind of pulled in front of them, and then they used him as a brake going into the corners. Yeah, well, since I know uh, Derek is uh, listening, I always thought Derek is the one doing the running over, not being the first <laughs> run over. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, I think he knows what I'm talking about. You so, see all that smoke on the racetrack? There's a good chance that's Derek drifting. Yep. All right, uh, Mike, uh, we can move on. <laughs> all right, uh, the new McLaren was obviously released in the last big build, the uh, uh, F1 car. And uh, <laughs> if you have this car, I strongly suggest you find this YouTube video by Team Redline. Uh, Ollie Pakala over there has put together a nice little video about the car and what the settings are and what and he goes through the screenshots of the sim and the settings and talks about it. So oh, very I like play a little clip of that. What's that, Carlos? I said, should we play a little clip of that to see if people? Yeah, you can play that on your screen while I talk about it. The other thing that got released it. is Eric Kudek from iRacing has put together a user's guide, a PDF, uh, and I strongly recommend that too. Um, so that can be found in the forum, search McLaren Quick User's Guide, and uh, lots of good stuff about this car. And uh, boy, if you're a, a crew chief or uh, into settings and stuff, boy, this is your car, because it's got everything. Hell, the car's already complicated enough to drive. Yeah, I wish uh, someone would do that for uh, basically all the cars. Uh, I know, for example, like when I jumped, I decided I was going to do Star Mazda's, one of the first thing I looked up was for a setup guide for Star Mazdas, and luckily there was one there. Um, but you would like to see that for basically all the cars, just kind of a, a guide on, uh, you know, what do all the, the things do? I just don't want a general, you know, here's road cars. I want uh, something for this particular car. And, and, and so that's actually very nice of uh, Ollie to put that out. And uh, of course, anybody who's raced with Ollie, Ollie know, or they know that Ollie's a very good driver and uh, probably knows what he's talking about when he's uh, doing these type of things. So it's uh, very nice to see that. But um, I would actually like to see setup guides, and especially in video format like he did here, setup guides in, uh, in for basically all the cars. I think that'd be kind of cool. And, and talking about guys that know what they're t talking about, Eric Hudek from iRacing, who put out the PDF uh, guide, I follow him on the forums, and I recommend you should too if you're into setups because he drops nuggets about how to do setups all the time and talks over my head more than I can dream of. I mean, it's amazing the guy uh, knows about NASCAR, how to set up a NASCAR, how to set up any of these race cars. And uh, if, if you want to learn more about doing setups, that's what I recommend is follow this guy on the iRacing staff. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, is there another iRacing weather bug? Um, there was a post on a full, on a blog of a screenshot of some practice times where uh, a guy Gary Deward 
ran a good three seconds faster than the rest of the field. And there's some speculation that there's perhaps a weather bug is still out there. Um, it's just a rumor, guys, but, you know, how does he go three seconds faster than everybody else? Good I don't question. know, but I would like to go three seconds faster than everyone else. <laughs> I've never got this weather bug. So anyway, just be warned, uh, there's really no other information besides the uh, screenshot. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. Uh, moving on, there's been some changes to the G27 uh, settings that are preferred. Uh, the guy from iRacing uh, who does all the, uh, I can't remember his name at the moment, who does all the steering wheel stuff. Uh, basically said, you, you know, you want to try the damper. It's new this season, and it feels really nice. Now, I went and compared my G27 settings to what he recommends today, and I, there were some changes I made based on that. I'm going to note those now. Uh, basically, I'd previously had a 0% on spring effect strength. Now I'm at 100%. And then my centering spring strength was at 59, and now it's at 100. So I did make a couple changes based on his post, uh, but search uh, preferred G27 settings if you want to check that out. Okay. Um, also want to mention that uh, one of the guys that we have on the show quite a bit, Logan Clampett, has a new Twitch channel out there. It's called... Uh, L Clampett, which is C L A M P I T T, idiot. And uh, so he will now be having his in car view from uh, for his races in there. And so uh, anyone that knows Logan knows that he's pretty quick and he is does have the black stripe, so he's a pro driver. And I'm not positive if he's going to be doing that for the pro races, but I sure hope so because uh. I actually prefer to watch that over broadcasts. I'm really not a big fan of the broadcast style watching, but I do enjoy watching the in-car stuff. So I'm kind of hoping that Logan has that. But otherwise, uh, he, it's a new channel. And he does have a bunch of races up, so he's obviously racing a lot. So uh, so go check him out. That's at L Clappet 88 Yep. And uh, the final topic before we go into the final thoughts is John Henry the owner of iRacing, or the original founder, I should say, uh, who owns uh, Roush Fenway Racing, as well as the Boston Red Sox, uh, he did take to the forums here over the holiday about the build challenges. And I want to take a moment and just read what he wrote. So here we go. Having been here since the beginning, I can say with authority this, that this has been the most challenging build technologically we've ever had. It's not likely to be repeated since there were and are a number of factors that have led to all these issues. The staff has been working like hell to address all of the issues, and I can tell you they feel worse than probably any member about the glitches this month. It's also about time I thanked all of you once again, not just for being patient through this build, but for making iRacing the success that it has become. We've started our 12th year in business and our ninth year of service at the beginning of 2016. There were a lot of naysayers, and they, as there should have been, because there was not a simple service to build. I don't know what's more surprising, the length some of you have been members or the length of time so many staff have been with us. 
Most of the original staff of iRacing are still here, and many of them have had a history at Papyrus. Most of them are working harder than ever before. I had a discussion with Randy and Grant this week about something new they are working on, and their level of excitement is higher than I've ever seen it before. Dave is more committed than he's ever been. I'll not go through a list of staff, but they remain, they, but they remain through thick and thin, continuing to create and provide the best, most complicated racing service in the world. They wouldn't still be here if you had not embraced iRacing the way you have. We aren't cheap. We aren't easy. And you continue to support our efforts on behalf of Motorsport Simulation. Thank you sincerely, and Happy New Year. Yeah, I, I just want to add to that, uh, that even though there is some issues and it happens every once in a while, this is still the best sim I've ever been on. And, you know, for realism, for competitiveness, for having fun, making friends, uh, you know, everything around that iRacing has. So for me, the, the service is, is still fantastic, and we can muddle through some of these issues and stuff like that. And I, I still think that they've done a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, you know, sometimes it is disappointing when they go through, you know, some terrible builds like this last one. But you really can't still even say that. I mean, they have Nubring out there, and we're... We're sitting there running this huge, huge track, you know, and actually I haven't had any stuttering problems on the, on the Nordschliff at all. And, you know, just to be able to put that out and the, the level of detail that they have in that thing, I mean, these guys have done a wonderful job. And, and so for me, it's just, it's been well worth it, even their, their price points and stuff. So I don't know, that just uh, my opinion on that. Well, I, I just love to hear from the guy with all the money, the guy who really makes iRacing happen. And it sounds like he's more committed than ever, you know, and, and it sounds like, you know, we're in a growth period. They, they have more staff than ever. Uh, it's only going to get better, guys. Yeah, I got to agree with Alan, even with or whenever they have their little little problems that, that we complain about, it's still, at least for me, uh, nothing comes close to iRacing as a motorsport simulation. It's, it's still the best we've got. They really care about their product as well. I mean, I've told a couple of my teammates this when you know iRacing was down for a couple of days and everything. I mean, they were excited about it and everything. They they had a lot of content. Everyone was excited for it. And like Alan said earlier, they probably bit off a little more than they could chew. And they had a major disaster trying to roll everything out. But if any of you follow anyone on iRacing on Twitter... Um, they were giving constant updates via Twitter, not on Facebook, but via Twitter about what was going on. And a lot of their crew worked two days straight, you know, on coffee and everything, trying to fix everything. Even if they were told to go home, they stayed and they're really, really dedicated. So, I mean, that shows how much they care for us to be able to do this and be able to have a lot of fun with our friends and everything. Well, a lot of people don't realize how good they have it compared to what iRacing started as. And I've been a member of iRacing since '09. You didn't used to be able to know who was online or be able to spectate races or I remember go the out days. there, go out there and try to drive the legend car on the original tire model as a rookie and and progress your way up. I mean, some people had it and it was all right, but for me, man, that. That legend car, when I first signed up, it was a struggle. 
and it wasn't like it was my first experience at sim racing. I mean, I, I did some R-Factor stuff and, you know, at least sat here at a wheel with my computer before I did iRacing. And that that legend car, the Solstice on the roadside, I mean, it was, it was a lot to keep one of those things going straight on the track. Yeah, would have been uh, interesting. I joined in 2013, so I never got to experience some of those uh, those old things. But uh, I know for me, um, it was about 10 years before I did any uh, sim racing, before I joined uh, racing. Um, I last played on the old uh, uh, Papyrus games. And, um, and, of course, I used to enjoy those a lot and stuff. But then, you know, I, I didn't play any of the console stuff. So when I joined iRacing, it was... You know, for me, it was like a big slap in the face. How come I didn't join this before? You know, it was, so it, it's been great. And basically, I have dropped pretty much all my other hobbies. Uh, I quit playing baseball. I don't, I don't do anything else. This is it. It's taken over my life pretty soon. I can't wait till I retire, too, so take over my job. So anyway, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So final thoughts? Brett? All right. Uh, I got to do a charity thing there the other day, or give to a charity. It was called Bristol Speedway and Lights. Drive down the drag strip, blah, blah, two million lights. Biggest kick for me. I got to run in the second groove around turn three and four at Bristol. I can tell you right now that track is banked massively. You can sit there and say whatever banking it is and say, oh, that's a lot. But when you think your car is going to flip the hell over, it was <laughs> it was just, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you. Cause You're I in your a, passenger car? Yeah. Well, it, it, the worst part was I was in my wife's Hyundai. And uh, so, small SUV. I wished I'd have been in my Camaro, but I wasn't because I had my mother and my mother-in-law and my wife in there. My mom's screaming, get up on the track. I get up on there. And nobody said a word. And I kind of gassed it up a little bit. I mean, what can you do in a Hyundai? But got on the back stretch, and I was like, wow, <laughs> that was banked more than I thought. My grandmother or my mother-in-law is like, I was mashed into the window. If the door had opened, I would have been gone. So that was a trip. Oh, that threw me for a loop when I went to Michigan one year. You know, it looks like a flat track, but it is much more banked than you think. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, my track over here is Phoenix, and, you know, it looks like a flat track. It only got, what, 10, 12 degrees of banking. You look at it in person, you're like, oh, that's a lot more than you think. <laughs> yeah, I had a similar experience walking on the front stretch at Dover. Uh, you know, they say that that track is banked all the way around, but when, when you're driving it on iRacing or whatever, it really looks like a normal flat front stretch, but it's it's almost hard to walk up towards the wall on the front stretch at Dover. It's, it's amazing. And my other thing is, is we were talking about setups at the start. And uh, our, our team does setups, and I know your all's team does setups. Do you all find that you can make a setup and everybody can get in and drive and be happy? Or does most of your team have to make little changes here and there? Junior, you can answer that question. Well, if you, if you, to me, if you get a car, a setup that's balanced, 
and then each individual driver can make small adjustments, then it's pretty easy to adjust for everybody. But it's really getting a baseline balance to me. And then people adjust, you know, like some people want a looser car, they can just add more track bar or whatever, just small changes. But yeah, all the driving styles are a little bit different. So, you know, small changes usually work. I think we've all been pretty happy the last three weeks with your your setups, Jason. Are you making any changes, Colton, to those? Or, well, anybody who knows me knows that I, I'm I know nothing about setups, but uh, I try to learn a little bit. I, I honestly don't. I might make a little track bar change or something, but I don't. I don't make much changes. I like to just get a good setup and then drive it. Yeah, for me personally, uh, I normally do a little tweaking on the on the setups um, that Junior provides, or, or Travis, or Josh, or whoever. Um, it, it's and sometimes I'm wrong, <laughs> but I'm, I'm always looking for something that feels a little bit better for me. I know when when uh, Junior makes a setup, he's basically making it for uh, for Tyler and Derek and. I can't, I can't drive like those guys can. They're able to drive a loose setup and be able to wheel it, wheel it around. And so I normally do a little tightening on the car, um, either by the track bar adjustment or uh, most of the time one of my favorite uh, adjustments actually uh, put a little more air in the left rear tire, um, just to kind of stabilize it coming off the corner. And so, um, but. I don't know. It's a, it's a, I th- basically, I think most people do some kind of little tweak here and there. All right. Uh, Mike, or no, let's go Colton first. Colton, any final thoughts for the show? Um, you know, thanks for having me, inviting me. Uh, it's fun. I think we had some good discussions. Uh, just thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Uh, Jason, any final thoughts? Pretty much what uh, Colton said. I, I mean, yeah, I, I like the show. I've listened to probably not all of them, but I've listened to a good bit of them. And uh, they're entertaining, informative. I think it's cool what y'all do. And I probably should have been on here sooner, but here I am. And I appreciate the invite. Maybe I'll come back sometime. All right. Sam, any final thoughts? Same thing. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun to be able to talk iRacing with you guys and everything. Yep. Uh, Travis, any final thoughts? Just like to point out that uh, Tyler asked if, any, if uh, iRacers Lounge was interested in a sponsorship for the Peak Series. Now that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> get, get your name out there. Get it on Tyler's car. Get some viewers on here. We love those comp sponsorships. You know, I've been trying to get Logan Clampett to put a logo on his car, but uh, yeah, there's no uh, revenue behind this, unfortunately. So I think what Mike is saying is that uh, that'd probably be a a big no unless it was a donation by us, because <laughs> we're not making any money on this. But. Uh, also, uh, Tyler would like to point out that he said, uh, Travis, big fan, please respond. So, Travis, you got to respond to that. 
I don't really have a, a response for him. I was waiting. For we're we're going to go out here and we're going to win the DWC season now. Next one coming up, Tyler Hudson champion. Go get there it. There you go. Ooh. Game four. Keep your eye out. Nope. No, Carlos, uh, any final thoughts on show? Nope. All right. Carlos is always man of them. As usual. And, uh, Mike. And I got a list as usual. Okay, yep. so shout out to Daryl Temple, one of our listeners who contacted us, said he liked the show. He especially liked the Gomez episode and what we had to say about Gomez. Uh, so thanks, Daryl, for listening. Uh, my Trading Paints renewal is next week, guys. That means it's been one year since I signed up for Trading Paints Pro. And if you signed up for Trading Paints Pro, your renewals probably do. Uh, very soon too. I made a decision today to go ahead and let the renewal stand and and not back out of it. Um, I think those guys do a great job and uh, will continue to support them. Uh, and then finally, uh, we're under uh, preparations now or underway for the 24-hour race of Daytona. Uh, Tifosi Racing plans on fielding uh, uh, the fastest car, whichever car that may be. It sounds like it'll be the Corvette DP. And we got about eight guys signed up. We need some more. I uh, reached out to uh, Cuckoo's Nest Racing, uh, Matt Starkweather, uh, waiting to hear back from them, hoping to team up with them perhaps. Uh, also, ISCP Podcast, uh, Frank and Jay over there are, are road racers, and, and we're trying to sign them up too. And, uh, hey, if there's any listeners out there uh, who want to get in on the action, uh, contact me. All yeah, right. I think we might have a team form and if uh, some guys decide what they want to drive i think we'll probably have i don't know for sure but my guess is it's going to be like you said the daytona prototype and probably gt3 although who knows we might have one of each car out there i'll drive whatever <laughs> yeah it's, it's just fun to me Yep. Speaking of that, iRacing should be telling us already. I mean, yeah, there's no, there's no date set. There's no car set. Uh, speculation is the date is going to be February 6th and 7th, uh, but that is not official. Yeah, I think uh, last year was about a week into January when they let us know all that. Yeah, it would be nice if they uh, let us know, and it would also be nice if our uh, teammate who's in charge of this stuff would let us know what we're driving in and what. <laughs> What team we're on? Who's that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I know you're putting together a list, and uh, Derek is putting together something. So if Derek is still listening, uh, get your butt going there. Get cracked. <laughs> so get your crack together, Derek. <laughs> so, I think um, we definitely have enough to field uh, two teams, and probably be one of the fast cars and one of the slower cars, whatever it turns out to be. But uh. Yeah, enough guys from our side decide they want to do it. We might end up fielding three teams. That would be uh, be interesting to have that many guys in it, but uh, your team's big enough to be able to handle that. Um, but uh, and actually, uh, the team aspect aspect is going to be my final thought here. As you can see, uh, we got a lot of guests from uh, my team, One Up Motorsports, on the show today, and one of the things I wanted to talk about was. Part of the enjoyment and the benefits and everything of being part of a team. And so if you're not part of a team, just jump on the forums and see if anybody needs teammates or 
or whatever because there's a lot of people looking for teams whether whether you're just learning and you know or you just want to be just want to hang out with friends on on a team speak or just want to hang out with some guys or if you want to learn how to do setups or if you want to learn how to drive better or if you uh, or if you know that stuff and you want to share that with other people, um, you know, being part of a team and, and having, having fun and, and uh, doing that type of stuff is, is to me, uh, about 80% of my enjoyment of being on iRacing. It's, I, I love the fact that uh, I, I can jump on. There's uh, normally someone on, on here. And uh, sit there and, and just uh, either practice together or even do different races. It really doesn't matter. It's just uh, it's fun conversations and everything else like that. So, lots of um, reckon. Yeah, especially if you're in a room with Travis, he'll wreck <laughs> the hell out of you. It's Travis Sollenberger in a practice, be prepared to be wrecked. <laughs> yeah, not many people end up with more incident points than me at the end of a practice session. <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, just uh, it's—I think it's a lot of the fun. So if you're not part of a team, uh, you should seriously consider looking to be part of one. Um, or you know, if there's people that you race with on, and then you like how they race, go ahead and uh, PM them and find out uh, if they're on a team or if they want to make a team or or whatever. So it's just a—it's uh, a uh, part of part of the things you do, and uh, so. As you can see on how we interact here and uh, how the Defosi team interacts, you know, everyone enjoys each other and uh, it's a lot of fun. So that's my final thought for the show. And we're recruiting over here at Tafosi Racing, so. So contact Mike. Contact Mike Maybe. if you're looking for we're a team. We're real picky, though. Yep. Awfully, awfully, awfully picky team over there. They're only black only license the are better, right? Yeah, black license are better. So anyway, uh, actually, it's uh, for any team that's looking to grab a guy. They they, they would bring them in and just see if they if all the personalities mesh. And so, uh, kind of brings us back to one of our old topics. Now we I think we know why Lance Gomez is a sole driver, not on team, right? So anyway, uh, that should be the show. So uh, thank you all guys for being being here. I really appreciate it, and uh, that's it. See ya. Thanks for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on YouTube, follow on Twitter and Facebook, and SoundCloud. See you on the track.